So you're with your honey, and you're making out when the phone rings. You answer it, and the voice says, What are you doing with my daughter? You tell the girl, and she say, My dad is dead. Then who was phone? It's such, a, it's such a stupid <laughs> creepypasta. Like, it's funny every time, but God. Uh, welcome to this uh, ep- episode of Without Context Podcast. The podcast with no context. Um, we are, the three of us here, are going to be talking about either our favorite creepypastas or creepypastas in general. Just talking about creepypastas. Uh, I'm Dekamulti. I'm joined by Anxiety Lasagna and Sharky. And a shark with Anxiety Lasagna. It's His Ike. name's Ike. Ike. Ike, the emotional support shark. He's, he <laughs> seems to have, support shark. He seems to be a fixture on the alien side of things during this month. At least month. for this month, yeah. So, uh, so we're going to just go around and talk about either our favorite creepypasta. I just said mine. Uh, because it's just so stupid. Um, and I've also had it, it rattling around in my head since about 2008 when it came out. Um, so we'll start with Sharky. Uh, Sharky, talk, talk to us about creepypastas in general, but like also your favorite. Yeah, so this episode is going to cover a few things. Uh, just the general concept of creepypasta, if you weren't around during like the heyday of it all, or if you just don't know about it because you're not on the internet uh, as much as we are. Uh, I think Haley wanted to talk about some real-life things involving creepypastas, and I also wanted to read my favorite creepypasta, which I may do near the end so I don't terrify Haley for this entire uh, thing. Yeah, save, it save, is... save it for the end. Terrify her at the end. What's the just, definitely... have me, just have me sitting in suspense the entire episode. <laughs> well, because it is one of those that's like... This is a very also like real thing. So. Oh shut up! Why do you hate me? <laughs> and if you guys uh hear anything with the audio, I'm live adjusting this as we go because I've been trying to perfect the audio quality as these episodes go on. But uh, so I'm, I have Wikipedia open here, uh, just for some finer points. But the way that I understood creepypasta when i first came across them were they were basically short fiction uh basically made up urban legends for a for a variety of places it, that's all it really is they're made up myths and urban legends and some basic horror stories they're not in line with fan fiction but they definitely are popular enough to spawn fan fiction uh, a lot of creepypasta stories have become indie games. Uh, Slenderman being probably the most popular one out of all of these. Uh, and in recent years, you have stuff like uh, Siren Head and everything showing up that are becoming its own uh, games and stuff. No, no, no. So, don't worry, Haley. I'll, I'll I don't ask. Know. What, what's no. Siren Head? I don't Siren want to know. Uh, Siren Head was... There's this guy... Uh, I forget his name. I think it's Trevor something. Uh, he draws mm. paintings of... Uh, weird creatures and there was one it's a tall thin like very large figure uh that looks like it has like a siren like as a head like a siren horn mm-hmm. and it's the whole thing about it i've seen from like games and everything is that it, like, it can like blend in with trees uh-huh. it looks like it stays in mostly like natural areas so it's more of like a wilderness thing but that one's one that has come up in the last few years uh, but that's after i've stopped you know, kind of following that kind of that part of Internet culture. Uh, I was in deep with like the Slenderman era of things. Uh, Slenderman, the rake, Jeff, the killer, like all that original generation of like creepypasta characters is what I grew up uh, reading a lot of. Um, But yeah, it's just these different takes of folklore and urban legends just kind of made into a new age kind of thing. And like I said, they've spawned games and stuff. So they've just built lore and fiction. I mean, Slenderman got a movie. It wasn't great, but it got an actual like movie release about him. So it's definitely like these sometimes definitely like transcend just internet culture into actual like media. I mean, Marble Hornets 
uh, was a YouTube channel that really rode like the Slenderman uh, buzz into everything. And I don't even know if they're still going, but they had a ton of episodes out, just kind of like found footage style YouTube show about this weird stuff happening involving Slenderman. And I don't know, I just kind of like lost track of what all these things went as I started growing out of them. But even I had at times had like ideas for like a Slenderman like game in like RPG Maker or something. Like I was about to get on that whole hype train <laughs> with them too. So that's just how popular it was. Too tall. He's just but too tall. Are you telling me that probably connected to what Haley wants to talk about later? Are you telling me that they wouldn't do anything for a tall, thin, snappily dressed white man? So. Okay, look, I'm I'm like five foot one, so like to me, everybody tall. Slender Man too tall. He is like, too tall. why you gotta be so tall and slender? Like looking like a murdering spaghetti noodle in a suit. But yes. yeah, that game was so scary. I remember watching like when it was when it first came out. Everybody was playing it, like Markiplier and Jack and Pewds and everybody. The seven pages, the forest one. Yep, the seven yeah. pages in the forest, and they'd always die in the freaking bathroom or whatever. And I'm just like, why are you going in there? Because there's always a page, and just and just to not like for me, dog. Just to reiterate my point, like even when they finished playing that game, there was another Slenderman game, and then there was another Slenderman game, and then you had all these uh, games coming out about SCP and everything, which we will do a future video on because I want to talk about SCPs. Um, but you had all the games coming out for that, too. So there was like this renaissance like time of just creepypasta Weird games shit. coming out. It was crazy. And um, they range from hilarious uh, to scare the pants off anxiety lasagna. I mean, that's not a hard thing to do. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here and something that it's obvious about is i think a lot of these probably started what 2014 2015 is when stuff started really like popping up i would say a little bit earlier a little bit earlier. i was in early Maybe. college when creepy pastas were like a big thing so i'd say between 2010 and 2014 was probably when it was starting to hit big I feel like, like I feel like the peak is in 2012 but like it just was like the whole end of the world thing fuck it all these cryptids happening no yeah, so where is... Scroll down here. Uh, yeah, I mean, because Slenderman was 2009 when the first thing like came out from him on Something Awful. So, yeah, definitely I mean, probably uh, between 2010 and 2012. 2014, I know, is when I think Slenderman specifically kind of had like a cultural reckoning. Because yeah. what I want to talk about occurred in the year of our Lord, 2014. Yeah, and... uh. Some of the stuff is just like, or uh, this is probably just this is just like the latest version of you know like folklore and urban legends because uh, if you think about it, like the story of the game Polybus, which is supposed to be like this Tetris or this Tempest style uh, like shooter, like Deca talked about in the past, it was supposed to be a game that came out to some arcades in the 80s and then disappeared because playing it like made you have seizures or like messed with your mind and people were like oh it was a government project so it's like that was like one of the things that spawned from the internet coming out it's like hey i'm gonna make this new urban legend about this game Ooh, and good one. i think that the internet really helps these things because it's like if, it, if we didn't have the internet, it would just be like the local legends. Like, it would be me talking to other friends because I wouldn't know you guys. Just be like, hey, you guys hear about, you know, what I went down on Elbow Road? You know, it's just like, but <laughs> now here it's just Absolutely like. Absolutely not. So it's just like all this other stuff. It's just a place for people to create new myths, new urban legends, new folklore in some way. And it's a collaborative effort because. Jeremy could write a story about something and then I can take it and build upon it and then it just spirals out from there as this whole new work of fiction. Um, but uh yeah, see what uh, Decker wants to talk further, about. I I uh I watched uh we were talking you kind of mentioned it 
a little bit uh, when you were talking about uh, creepypastas giving way to like found footage um, stuff after like uh, the Blair Witch and stuff. I actually watched a because I couldn't sleep last night because those of you who are listening on um, uh, your uh, non-video sources, I have chronic pain. And sometimes I look like shit, and that's why. Uh, but sometimes I just can't sleep at night. So uh, I randomly just popped in and watched a found footage film that was just on at 3 in the morning. Yeah, I think I saw that. It was like 4 a.m. You're like, I'm up watching found footage films. Uh, I watched uh, Noroi the Curse. That's a good one. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's good. It's um, a Japanese found footage, which is rare. Yes. Uh, it was, it is very, uh, it is very much a work of fiction and you can tell by looking at it, but also it does like while you're watching it, when you're in the moment watching it and going over, you're like, huh, maybe this is real. But at the end of it, it's, it's very much so like a work of fiction. So yeah, just, but it was, it was good. Just enough to know it's like, this isn't a thing. But yeah. it's like still, still sincere about itself to mm-hmm. make it feel like it's a real thing going on. And that's, yeah. I think, what a lot of creepypastas have. They, a lot of the more like developed ones feel like they're sincere enough to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So, but that's was... actually, oh, go ahead, Decker. Oh, okay. Um, so, in the, I believe it was like the late 80s. Uh, Judas Priest had a song um, that uh, got them into some legal hot water. This is like one of the one of the starting p- points of like um, the the parental guidance little sticker on your on your CDs uh, because there was a song that they had that I cannot remember off the top of my head, um, but the um, the the judge. Uh, made Rob Halford, the singer for Judas Priest, sing it in court um, because he thought that in like there's there's like a th- the chorus is like he see me and then there's a breath and people think that that breath is him saying do it do it. So uh, is it called Better by You Better Than yes. Me? Better by You Better just, Than Me. Yes. I was just looking. I googled controversial Judas Priest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh... It's, it. He goes, better by you, better than me. And then he breathes, and people think he's saying, Yeah, looking at the wiki page, in 1990, a uh, 1987 cover version by heavy metal band Judas Priest was the subject of a much-publicized subliminal message trial. The lawsuit Mm -hmm. alleged that the band's recording contained hidden messages, which were responsible for influencing a pair of young men in Sparks, Nevada, to make a suicide pact in 1985. The case was eventually dismissed. Yes. Um, so what I was going to get out of that is if that happened in like the 2010s, that shit would be a creepypasta. Yeah. Or an I mean, SCP. A... This is a really good sort of transition to what I was talking about because you had like a real life sort of mm-hmm. court case based on a parent, like people taking a song a little too seriously. Um, and then it also ties into what Sharky was talking about with Slenderman. Are either of you familiar with the Slenderman stabbing? Yes. Uh, no, because I'm not. last podcast on the left uh, did an episode about it. So, so um, I will not be as good as uh, last podcast on the left, but hopefully I'll, I'll teach Decca a thing. Yeah. So um, back in 2014, two 12-year-old girls from Wisconsin uh, attempted to murder their friend, who I think was either 12 or 13 at the time. Uh, they lured her, like premeditated, lured her into a forest, stabbed her 19 times. She survived, thankfully. She survived, uh, but they did it in order to appease Slenderman. Uh, I don't know. I think it was, I don't want to like get too into the legal sauce of it, but they were the two girls were tried as adults, even though by the time the trial was happening, they were probably between like 13 and 14 years old. Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Wisconsin. They got nothing better to do than have cheese and stab people. Uh, but uh, they 
the verdict was not guilty by reason of insanity because one of the girls was later diagnosed with schizophrenia and the other was just the two of them together just sort of fed into each other's delusions and it ended up being where they were like let's kill our friend to appease Slenderman because they got they were so deep into the like creepy pasta sauce that they <laughs> creepy pasta sauce um that they thought that if they didn't commit a crime of that magnitude that Slenderman was going to harm them and their family based on the things that they had read online so that was sort of my, between the game and this court case was sort of my introduction into the creepypasta genre. Cause when people first started talking about it, I was like, oh, are people doing like creepy pasta recipes? And they're like, no, Haley, there's scary stories on the internet. And I went, hard pass. Um, bye. bye. None of that for me. Thanks. Um, but yeah, this sort of brought the creepypasta genre and specifically Slenderman into mainstream American media, which, you know, always tends to go well when it's like a niche nerd culture. Uh, so I remember like specifically how ridiculous it was. Like I was in college and my mom like sat me down and she's like, do you know about Slenderman? And I'm like... <laughs> the made-up story on the internet yes i am a familiar with the lanky boy um <laughs> but yeah the one of the girls is out she spent seven years in a mental health institution and the other girl is sentenced she's in there for 40 years to life in that institution as a result yeah. of that attack i think the one who just went along with it was the one that got out earlier but the one who's like was the driving force behind the two of them is the one that's still uh yeah sitting in an institute somewhere the one that was released was only released last month so that's a yeah relatively recent case um in the aftermath of the case obviously like the creepypasta wiki page was blocked in that school district um, Slenderman creator Eric Knudsen made an official statement saying, quote, I'm deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin, and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. Uh, the creepypasta community uh, did a 24-hour live stream to raise money for the victim. Uh, the SCP Foundation had to issue a statement being like, we are not a real thing. <laughs> but we'll talk <laughs> about real. SCPs. Please stop that. Yeah, so, um, and it led, obviously, into a really public debate on the effect of, like, chronic internet use on children, because, like, I I think it's not any stretch of the imagination that creepypastas aren't really aimed at a child audience. No. Uh, so, anytime something like this happens, it's always like, it's those dang video games, or it's them <laughs> dang... Dungeons and Dragons or Magic uh, the Gathering. Bro, so, I want to do a full like Satanic Panic like D uh, deep yes. dive. Like, <laughs> yes, because I am such a non well adjusted human being, and D and D is the only thing keeping me sane. <laughs> so me too. But yeah, well, there there was a documentary by HBO that was released about the case. There was an episode of Law and Order SVU about it. Um, where instead of calling Slenderman, it was called Glasgow Man, <laughs> which I think is even stupider. Uh, Criminal most... Minds had an episode no. that was about it. Um, in 2018, a movie inspired by the case called Terror in the Woods was aimed or was aired on Lifetime. So there's a movie you could watch, Sharky, if you want to watch a <laughs> Lifetime up. scary movie. God. You're snuggled up with your honey and you want to watch a horror movie, but only Lifetime. Um, Lifetime's the only channel you got. But who's who was phone? phone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if it if it if it sweetens the pot for anybody, um, Christina Ricci was the executive producer, our very own Wednesday Adams. So, and then finally, there was another movie inspired by it called Mercy Black that was released on Netflix with no prior announcement. <laughs> so, if you'd rather see a spookier one, it's on Netflix. And I want to uh, kind of take this where it's like Slenderman, I think to me and my love for like the paranormal and just like the weird of the world is probably the first creepypasta to actually 
become like into cryptid territory because the concept of Slenderman and its fiction has affected reality to that point now. And it's like, well, it's in media, right? It's in like other media besides like the court dramas. There's like video games and stuff, like you said. But it's like you don't see like publicized stuff. It's about like Jeff the Killer or uh, Smile.jpg or Ben Drowned. Uh, Wait, this... I know about Smile.jpg. <laughs> that, that dog that dog still creeps me out. Uh... I have never looked at it because I, I'm anxiety lasagna <laughs> and I'm a self-diagnosed little bitch baby. But the point is like, Slenderman is the first creepypasta to actually, like, affect the real world in a way. Which, to me, kind of, in a way, like, puts it into Tulpa territory. Which, if you're not familiar with the paranormal, uh, Tulpa is something that is conjured purely from the mind of a collective. Yep. So, So it's like... These kids are like, hey, we've seen him. We've did this thing for him. Like, it was something that uh, they saw and affected them in the real world at that point. So it's just like, sure, it's probably impressionable, kids. But it's, it's just it's crazy. Like Metal Gear, it's like Metal Gear Solid in the memes. Yeah, so it's just like, this is the first creepypasta to do that. So it's like, it just shows the power of like, I guess just folklore and belief and maybe to mentally unbalanced children. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I, I used to work at a nature center and when we would have like large groups of kids who didn't always have the opportunity to interface with natural spaces, the the top three things they would ask us if we had were bears, (laughs) uh, the Jeepers creepers guy, which I was like, first of all, y'all are too little to know who that man is. Uh And three, they'd be like, has there been any like has Slenderman been in here? And I was like, first of all, hate to burst y'all's bubbles, but Slenderman is not real. <laughs> uh, but Aww. he is most definitely not at our wonderful and safe nature center. <laughs> oh god, I can't. I used to love the Jeepers Creepers movies, just like for that like fringe horror franchise. But it's like I just can't anymore after finding out like the director is like a convicted like pedophile and everything and he's admitted that the creature is pretty much based on his desires like as ah. a weight so i was like so i was like well this movie is ruined for me at this point so yeah I'm it's gonna... like and i was like that's why uh the youtube channel uh dead meat whenever they do like their kill counts people keep asking it's like hey when are you going to do jeepers creepers and he's just i'm not like we're, I, no, <laughs> absolutely. It's like this is, this is the first and last time we're going to mention Jeepers Creepers on this podcast. Yeah, it's just like there's, it's like there's usually sep- the second I talked about it on the scary movie episode. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like usually you can separate the like creator from art in a lot of places, but not with somebody who's admitted that the creation is his way of trying to deal with himself. So. Also love that. Yeah, I mean, Lovecraft gave a lot for cosmic horror, but yeah, he was a uh, incredibly racist in a time where other races were like, "You need to chill out." You need <laughs> like, to chill, my guy. <laughs> other races were like, "Whoa!" Like the Christopher oh. Columbus of his time. Oh God, just I went oh, into yeah, game. I, a... I went into GameStop over the weekend because I had to get a new controller, and I'm listening to the two clerks who are way too happy to be working at GameStop. I worked at GameStop. You should not be that happy to work at GameStop. <laughs> But it's like, hey, you ever, you ever read anything from Henry Philip Lovecraft? And I was just like, first of all, I'm like, you're calling him Henry. Yeah, they called him Henry Philip Lovecraft. And it's like, yeah, nobody named his cat. And I was like, I'm just going to ring up this controller and be out of here. You two yeah, are way too happy and you're wrong. So <laughs> you don't yeah. know books. <laughs> my one of my my absolute favorite undergraduate college professor uh, was I don't know if he's still involved in it heavily but i think he was like the like the president of the rhode island chapter of like the lovecraft society and has like a lovecraft themed store in providence rhode island if you're in providence rhode island you should check it out it's a really cool store i do Um, want to uh i do want to like go there and see it like i can separate the work from the writer he did a lot we wouldn't wouldn't have a lot 
of stuff without yeah. him, like when, laying when the we would work. talk to him about it when we would talk to him about lovecraft he's like let me preface by saying lovecraft is a shitlord and we hate him <laughs> his work the person trash just uh, but the call shout of out neil the call of cthulhu by uh this doesn't have an author attached to it so. Call of Cthulhu by You heard it here on this podcast. We're going to start replacing HP Lovecraft on all of his work with Hatsune Miku. It's oh like my god. Creator of Minecraft. Yeah, Hatsune Miku. Miku. The creator of Minecraft. Creator <laughs> Instead of... of the Jeepers Creepers uh monster, it's just Hatsune Miku. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Take take whatever problematic person you want. Just replace them with Hatsune Miku. That's it. There you go. Ender's Game first. by Hatsune Miku. There you go. We got really off topic from Creepy Pasta anyway. So. Hey man. Um, <laughs> Actually, um, ah fuck, I, I did have a question for you, Bob. Uh, wow, you Dallas, as you are the uh, you are the person who is the uh, aficionado out of the three of us. I beg to have a Wikipedia page open. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you've read a creepy pasta. That's more than me. I read um, a few, yeah. There was. How do you feel about how how do you feel about like the when things go into the collective consciousness uh, when creepy pastas become that big where they go into the collective consciousness? Um, and then I have a question for both of you after you answer. So. I like the idea of smaller things on the internet becoming more mainstream, especially if they're good. Mm. But I would like it if they also knew who created it first to at least give them some credit. Because let's say like, let's say I read a creepypasta and I decide mm. I'm just not gonna put my name on it. I'm just gonna post it somewhere. And that thing blows up to become like a major thing. And there's no way to trace it back to the source of so somebody else is like, I made it. So, I make this. I you appreciate guys, it. I, I like it if this. they get big with credit. Mm-hmm. Like Slenderman, Victor Surge, uh, Eric Knudsen, whatever his name is. I, th- I think his screen name is Victor Surge. But uh, I know that he is involved with a lot of Slenderman media going forward. Like he's either consulted or he's paid to use it because i think he does own the rights to his character love that so like that's that's cool for him but if it's like some joe schmo posting a story that blows up then you know it, it sucks and i would hope that they at least try to seek out the original but if it's more creative ideas if it's more like originality instead of just repeated like stuff i'm happy I with that like- I feel like we're yeah. about to get into Haley's uh, into expertise here. It, it no. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Then. My, I had I had one of my like unhelpful thoughts. Um, <laughs> would my immortal count as like an anonymous creepy? <laughs> Ebony Raven Dementia Darkness Ray a creepy pasta. <laughs> This is where the crossover happens from the fanfic episode. Um, yep. Hear me out. She has I been brought to life just... by the collective consciousness and has influenced media. No one knows where she came from. She's kind of a cryptid. I vote that Maya Mortal and Ebony Raven Dementia Darkness Raven Way or whatever is a creepypasta. I wouldn't say it's a creepypasta on those merits. It's I would too much say effort to be a creepypasta. That, and also, I think it, I think it's more. It's going along with the memes. It is a oh. meme. Yes, absolutely. I've decided it's my own favorite creepy pasta. If anyone ever is like, so, Haley, what's your favorite creepy pasta? I'm gonna say my immortal. Immortal. <laughs> By Hatsune Miku. <laughs> I'm sorry, I totally I just... derailed. You had a second question, Deca. I I did actually. Um. Did you guys, uh, when you when you were kids, um, did you ever look in a mirror and say say something five times? Yeah. No, I dog. Mean, I. Like, mm-hmm. Those were those were the those were the analog creepypastas. Yes, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. But but my point is, I'm in Texas. You're somewhere else. You're in redacted. Like Ugh. like you guys did all did these, uh, or you know people who did them. Um, uh, just like a lot of us did it for some reason. 
What was yours? What did you say? Uh, mine was Bloody Mary. Yeah, mine was yeah, Bloody so. I've heard recently that they're trying to like revisionist history this into someone named Candyman, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You had to say Bloody Mary, and then the old and timey Queen of England would come into your mirror like she had nothing better to do and kill you. Well, yeah. Candyman came from the Candyman started after the movie came out, which I think. Yeah, it was a movie. Candyman first. actually, Candyman is a good transition point because that's sort of like that it would be other way. that went the other way. It was the urban legend of that movie that brought the Candyman to a physical like thing. So, I know this is against the spirit of our podcast, but I'm going to need a little context. So, what is Candyman? Candyman's a horror movie. Uh, I think from it's that new one, right? It was, they remade it. I think it's an early, that. I think it's an early nineties one. It gave Roger us the, Goddard. it's probably Tony Todd's best role and i love that man he's awesome um but yeah it was a like an inner city like drama movie where they're they're a woman is like researching inner city like folklore basically like rumors and urban legends and it's like in a housing project and it brings her upon this uh entity known as the candy man who was uh who was a slave i think if i remember correctly he fell in love with a white woman so they caught him tortured him killed him uh replaced his hand with a hook but as she starts to believe in him more he actually starts to become more of a physical entity so it's a kind of it's a kind of like the sentiment thing where it's like enough belief in something brings it to like reality kind mm -hmm. of and I mean, that works. So that works a lot of ways. Like you ever have like an idea or something and it's like some ways down the line, like that's that same idea, like happens somewhere, like either a movie or a book comes out. And you're like, this was the idea I thought of. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that connect that uh, collective unconscious that we all have is like something in there, like brings all this stuff to reality at some point. It's the hive mind. We're all attached to it by X like the thinnest of strands connects all of us together. Oh, we're Some only getting we're only Kevin like Bacon. Yeah, we're only scratching like the surface of like the weird shit I believe in. <laughs> so, but um, unconscious hive minds. But yeah, I, well, in in a sense, Candyman's a creepypasta, just without mm -hmm. a digital thing. Because like I yeah. said, it's just it's urban it, legend, it's folklore. It went it went the other way. It was a film first, and then it became. Because I, I do remember yeah. that people would say Candyman in elementary school. After there were people the that did Candyman after the movie came out. It, it took that turn because it's like, oh, mm -hmm. we know Candyman. We have an image of Candyman. We know what we're you we know, were talking first about. Doing that. We were well, but, we were well so, adjusted. So like if we're if we're extrapolating like analog creepypastas, <laughs> would that be things like the goat man and that goat man bridge yeah. or like the bunny man yeah, with the absolutely. bunny man bridge? Yeah, just, okay. Any classic folklore, I believe, could fall into a realm of creepypasta. Because <laughs> I mean, pasta. I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the thing here. I'm looking at the wiki page. <laughs> if you really think about it, like creepypastas the, like, are horror-related legends that have been shared around the internet. If you remove around the internet horror-related legends that have been shared, <laughs> is, is is Momo a creepypasta? Of Missouri. Do y'all remember Momo? Was that a thing you guys were aware Absolutely. of? Absolutely. That really fucked I up hyper-realistic face. Yeah. I yeah, I had to explain that, that to my sister with... recently because she has three small children, who, two of which are in elementary school. And she's like, one of my kids came home talking about Momo. And I am my family's resident internet connoisseur. So I immediately like made eyes with my, my oldest niece and was like, you keep those bad vibes out of this establishment. <laughs> So that I had to be like, I had to explain a creepypasta to my 30-some-year-old sister. Yeah. The my good Momo, Christian woman sister. The Momo Challenge uh, was a hoax in an internet urban legend rumored to spread through social media. It's a... It's just, just, it's just a really... It's just a really fucked up jump scare. Um, yeah, yes. it's just this really weird photoshopped picture of a child or whatever. No, mm -hmm. it's a. I've it's seen actually scarier real children. No, it's actually a sculpture. It's actually a sculpture that a woman made for like oh, an art ew. exhibit. But it's like, oh, well. I, 
I don't know what that art exhibit's for, but it's an actual like sculpted thing. And like the woman was like, I don't know why it's being used like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, good soup. <laughs> good soup. All um, right. But, um, like some of and like some of these creepy pastas. Like even I even if you haven't read them, you probably know what they are. Like Slenderman, you probably know who Slenderman is if you spend any time on the internet. Uh, the Russian sleep experiment. Even if you've never re read that, you've at least heard about it. People think uh, that's real. I don't smile, think I've, uh, I don't think I've actually dog, seen that one. Smile dog. Haley don't knew do that it, one. Don't do, um, don't do the Russian sleep experiment, Ducker. Don't do it. Have you guys read? Have you guys seen the one where it was like abandoned at Disney? Have you guys? Is that one that you guys know of, or is that just because like that's number two? On I was around a bunch of Disney adults. Disney. Yeah, like this was like a like an I guess like an urban legend that people would tell about Disney because like a bunch of people where I grew up had like season passes to go to Disney World even though it was like all the way in freaking Florida. But it was apparently there was like some like a room of abandoned animatronics. Yes. But they were like they they goofed they 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 hucked it up and uh, made the animatronics like sentient or like too realistic. And when the guy or whomever the narrator was like went into the room of like the weird animatronics, some stories would say that they like almost killed him. Some people say that they like dismembered him and like someone else came upon his body and like pieced this together based on like the state of the scene. Another version that I was told was like the guy saw the animatronic like rip its own head off and he was like, I think that's the no the more common one because I'm looking at the uh, list of creepypastas here. Is uh, that just by Disney. Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a... <laughs> that's probably what Five Nights at Freddy's was inspired by, maybe. I don't know. The Game story's climax. The story's climax comes when a man finds a room marked Character Prep 1, which is inhabited by photo-negative mascots that seem to be alive and flees when he witnesses one rip off its own head. So. Yeah. But, um... Did y'all hear that thump? Hold on a second. Did you hear a weird sound? Yeah, it was my fiancé bumping around. <laughs> okay. He's home from work, and I just heard, like, the... <laughs> and I was just like... <laughs> Your hackles are raised now that we're talking about creepypastas. And, we, and I open the door, I'm like, hello? And he's just, like, in the hallway, like... <laughs> yeah, like, other... <laughs> Like other creepypastas that people probably know without ever having read it. Like you've probably seen the concept of like the back rooms. Like just the uh or not, and I'm the only one that seen that. It's just a uh, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a little wanna, context. <laughs> I'm gonna post a I'm gonna post a picture in the Discord. And I'm gonna see if it like rings any bells. All so right. oh, let me do this. I'd love Spook. Oh, like liminal spaces? Yeah, yes. I've seen that picture before. Yeah, it so it's like just like, it's, just like it's like you just go through a room and you find yourself in this like weird like liminal space with something crawling around in it. So. Oh, gross. Hey, I, I've, I've experienced like the concept of a liminal space, like when you're walking through like a metro tunnel at night and no one else is there and you feel like you're the only person that's ever existed. I've but nothing's been crawling around besides like a rat. I've walked through like, like office. Tank? I've walked through like office buildings like at night and everything. So it's like I've had that same like feeling. I've, I've, I've worked overnight at Walmart. But Rip. Then you also have like the the videos. It's like oh the bootleg SpongeBob episode where Squidward kills himself, or the Mickey yeah. Mouse video I've... where he commits suicide. It's like the SpongeBob made Squidward suicide canon. It did. I, I know that in a recent episode, they did make a reference to that creepypasta. Yeah. So it's it's canon now. Like, the creators were like, embrace it. <laughs> so. yeah. Man, Steve's not even cold in his grave. <laughs> but then I think you have, was, like, he was alive. But then you also have, like, Ooh. the Lavender Town, like, Pokemon creepypasta, where it's, like, hearing the Lavender <gasps> yeah. Town music would, like, make you sick and everything. So it's, like, it's not just one form of media it's like this is something that also can take a bunch of different like forms because i think digital media really like opens up like a lot of possibilities i mean there's a youtube channel called a uh, local 58 which has a bunch of like weird like uh like news 
uh, things going on. It is like public service announcements and stuff with all this like weird shit happening. And uh, just it's cool. Like, I just think that's like a really cool form of like creating new folklore. Yeah, I think it's an interesting way that sort of illustrates how we have evolved as a species to like globalization because we're more able to be in contact with other people from other cultures in a way that hasn't been as accessible in the past. So our folklore has to sort of rise to that occasion. And now we have these sort of ubiquitous characters and these universal experiences that transcend location culture. and culture. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you think back in back hundreds of years ago, it was like vampires, werewolves, uh, ghosts, you know demons like all these th other things that were like folklore or in like native american terms like the wendigo or sasquatch so it's like the just weird cryptid like weird creatures and now it's like in a digital age it's like here's a supernatural photo of a smiling dog like the wildest thing is that um if you look at different cultures like if you look at european cultures if you look at like uh, Native American cultures, if you look at, like, African cultures, they all have a version of a vampire or a werewolf. And even, th they even predate colonization. Yeah, and it's um, like, it's just it's three off the... Shit. Yeah, it's just like, that's, that's like I said, the, like, the collective unconscious of humanity. How can a Native American culture have, like, a skinwalker without knowing anything about uh, European werewolves? And along that, how can, like, Japanese mythology have, like, the kitsune who can turn into a fox and also a person? So it's, like, all these, like, little things kind of connecting all of us without us knowing. We're not so different after <laughs> all. We really aren't. And I want to go into that for a rant for a moment, because, like, the, the me mentioning, uh, like, do, do you did you or do you know anybody who looked in a mirror and said said the magic word five times? That was something we all did. The fucking S. I have, no, and I think like nobody knows where that S came from. Exactly, what happened. It's a crazy pasta. <laughs> it it is the it's the concept of like the uh, like I I hate saying it because in the contemporary sense it mean it's it means something different, but like memes, it is it is something that. Memes have been a thing for years upon years upon yes. The S means you're gonna have to tell me in the chat uh -huh. what that S means that's different now. We don't know. Like 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 the like the, like the, the six yeah, lines like, S. Yeah, it's yeah. six lines S. You're gonna have just, to message. You have to DM me that. I don't wanna. I don't wanna spread the icky on the podcast. You'll have to it's DM not, me. It's not really icky. It's just it's no, that's it's just, just a meme that everybody did in grade school. Oh, I thought you meant like I was sitting here over here being like, did the neo Nazis freaking take something else from us? <laughs> no, it's just it's like the exact or it's called the cool S. As, as cool. officially officially what Wikipedia calls it is the cool S. It's a graffiti sign in popular culture that is typically doodled in children's notebooks or graffitied on walls. The exact origin is unknown, uh, but it may okay, have originated I'm sorry from. I derailed. <laughs> no, but like this, this, this is a, this like ties into it all because it's like yeah. even now it's like we don't know where this thing came from, and is, some of it has even been going back to like the seventies. Yes, this wasn't just My like a nineties thing. Have told me. My parents told me that they did the S because um, they, they went to school around the 70s. Um, like that thing's been around and like the person who did it is probably the person who came up with it is probably long dead. Probably. I mean, um, the origin's unclear in the 70s. A, photo a photographer took a photo in L.A., which had an eight in a similar style, but they also had a very faded cool S as graffiti on a pavement. So it's just like someone should make a creepy pasta about it. It probably is a creepy pasta, uh, but like this is just like the the collective unconscious and things that happen in one side of the town. Even though like it was much harder for all of us to communicate back then with each other because I didn't know any of you guys when I was growing up. Uh, like that, we all still have those same shared experiences, and people in other countries i would be willing to wager have their own shared experiences and now with the age of the internet they could all come together and be one fucked up experience together 
So further down on this article about the Cool S, apparently a Swedish YouTuber studied it for five years and attempted to find the origin. And he oh, concluded holy. that an 1890 mechanical graphics book, which was written by Professor Frederick Newton Wilson, is like, could likely be the origin. He taught geometry at Princeton University in New Jersey, where he could have shown students how to draw it. God. Imagine, like, but that, having... That's still uncertain, though. That's a maybe. Imagine, imagine going to, like, one of the most prestigious colleges in the in the country, and they just fucking draw the, the coolest. Just drawing 14 <laughs> lines to make an S. <laughs> like, <laughs> As an academic. Yes. Totally on brand. Totally on brand. What happens in academia? 100% on brand. Also, of course, it'd be fucking New Jersey. <laughs> of course, it'd be New Jersey. Everything's legal in Jersey. Everything's. But, um, All right, Sharky. Is it, is it story time? It's story time. We've right. I've I've allowed I've tried to stall as long as possible, <laughs> but I feel like we're 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 veering too hard off of the theme. I think so, me... by the time I finish the second paragraph, you guys will know which story this is. I doubt it extremely. I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. Story right. time. I hate My it. Great... I hate it already. <laughs> My great grandmother lived alone up in the mountains at her cabin. Her husband was dead, so she was there all alone. She only had one companion, and that was her loving dog. They both adored each other, and the dog was a great comfort to her. Every night when she went to bed, the dog would lick her hand to let her know that she was there to protect her. Say, I told you. <laughs> We had a different night. variant of this story. Yeah, there's a different. There's a bunch of variants on this story. Go ahead, um, keep going. I'm sorry. One night she had gone to bed and the dog had licked her hand like he had done routinely every night since her husband died. But this night was different. She had woken up in the middle of the night because she heard her dog whimpering. She wanted to comfort him and let her and let her know she was there for him. So she stuck her hand out by the bed and felt the dog gently lick her hand like always. She figured he was just cold, so she went back to sleep. The dog's whimpering had woken her up a second time in the night, so he stuck her so she stuck her hand out. The dog licked it and she went back to sleep. This happened a third time, and she stuck her hand out and the dog stopped whimpering and came and licked her hand. She stayed awake for a few moments afterwards, and then she went back to sleep again. In the morning she woke up and stuck her hand out by the bed, but nothing licked her hand. She thought that the dog had already awakened and was just in the front room. She rolled over and got out of bed and heard a drip, 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 drip. She thought she thought the sound was coming from the kitchen, so she walked over and turned the handles on the sink faucet, but it wasn't the source of the noise. After frustratingly checking the sink and its pipes, she gave up and continued to her bedroom to take a shower. As she got closer to the bathroom door, it was evident that the sound was coming from within. She opened the door, looked above the bathtub, and gasped in utter horror. There, hanging from a light by his collar, was her loving companion. His blood was dripping into the bathtub. She screamed and began to cry, wiping her eyes and sobbing. She turned and looked into the mirror. In the mirror, she saw the dog's reflection, and written on the mirror in her dog's blood, with drips and shrieks hanging down from each letter, were the words, Humans can lick too. See, <laughs> the version I heard growing up was a, was babysitting yes she was like staying overnight to babysit and heard the dripping and couldn't figure out the source and like the power was out so she would just put her hand down so the dog would come for her but and it was what, in the middle of the night that she found it and they're like and she was never seen again and i'm like great love it but <laughs> you went easy also, on me sharky and i appreciate you <laughs> that also alone like just points out like this is just more folklore. This is the same kind of thing as like the hitchhiker folk uh, urban legends where it's like a dead girl or a hitchhiker or like a young kid who's like hitchhiking like along the road. Car door. Yeah, so it's just like this is the same concept pretty much. Then who just was for, phone? Then who was phone? Phone. It was a telemarketer calling me about my car's extended warranty. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with that uh, we will bring this episode to a close for Haley Sanity. I hope um, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, creepypastas and folklore. Yeah, and, and we even got into some like deeper conversations about like collective unconscious and stuff like that. 
just fascinating like i said like that's just the surface of like the weird stuff that i enjoy um and there was like some merit to it right yeah i mean it kind of related it's like just the idea that different cultures and different places before widespread communication can all have the same kind of like local urban legends or local cryptids or creatures it just shows that like there's something more going on at the you end think of the day about it you think about it religion is just its own folklore that everyone has a different let's let's not get too deep into that <laughs> but i will just leave you on that maybe one day we'll hit that that uh just, open that can of worms it's slowly just, it's just fan fiction of somebody <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, All right. so if you have your own favorite uh creepypastas that you want to share uh maybe if they have something uh a little weird about them you want to put like a content warning on them just put cw this and that yeah, uh, but you can put them in the, the comments message. yeah so. um and give it a few spaces but then yeah you can post them in the comments uh, we'll read them if I, I will personally rate every creepypasta out of 10 uh, for every one that you post. So uh, get I to won't. it. <laughs> I will read them. And I I'll will not look at any them. of these comment sections. I will, rate them, one. I will rate them for how how good I think they are. Sharkies is an 8. Uh, that's a classic one. Like that's, it is. It's, yeah, just, it's, it's so classic and so simple, which I think is like the scariest thing about it, too. And uh, for those of you who are uh, want to know more or to connect with us further, uh, we all have our links down below that you can uh, interact with us in. Um, I highly suggest that all my other co-hosts get into their flow page because holy shit, that is useful. Yeah. Um, uh, I have been Decabolti. Uh, Invadi Lasagna has been with me, and so has Sharky Hat. And uh, this is without podcast. Everybody wave. This is without context podcast. This without context podcast. You no said podcast. Without podcast. <laughs> we have no podcast. Bye. <laughs> this is his own creepy pasta. There was no podcast. <laughs> Who was podcast? <laughs>